So I love the song we sang this morning, King of Kings, and, and what I love about it is, is it tells the gospel story in one song and, and the whole that, that God had done. And, and in it, it, it recognizes the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and, and each part of the Trinity's role in the gospel. And I was thinking about this as, as we sang it, and I just wanted to read a part of the lyrics. And the morning that you rose... All of heaven held its breath till that stone was moved for good for the lamb had conquered death. And the dead rose from their tombs and angels stood in awe for the souls of all who'd come to the father are restored. And the church of Christ was born and the spirit lit the flame. Now this gospel truth of old shall not kneel, shall not faint by his blood in his, in his name. In his freedom I am free for the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. And when we look in our continuation of Ephesians today, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, is a picture of the type of worship that we sang this morning. It's a picture of the type of worship that we bring to God, and that is a Trinitarian worship where we bring praise to the Father, the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times it's very easy for us to focus on one aspect of the, of the Trinity. We might focus on what God the Son has done because without the cross and without the death, burial, and resurrection, we have nothing. Because it is in the fact that Jesus went to the cross to bear our sins and to take them into death so that we might be forgiven of those sins when he rose again and defeated death, when we place our faith in that, that is where we experience salvation. But without the God, without God the Father choosing to send the Son, that doesn't take place. And as we'll see later on today, the Spirit steps in and guides us through our life that we live on this earth today to help us continue to live a godly life. It's Trinitarian worship where we look at all three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we put them together, and when we see that the three in one work harmoniously to bring glory to God, that's what we praise. And so when we get into Ephesians chapter, th- chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, last week we looked at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6, so a little bit of today is going to be a, a kind of a recap or a, 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 a re mini sermon, I guess. Um, we're going to touch over a few things. Um, but what we learned last week, and it was a, to me it's a difficult passage because it's one that we have to end up living in the mystery of God, where, where God chose us before the world began, before the foundation of the world. God chose those that are going to be believers. And that's a difficult, difficult thing to wrap our mind around, but then we realize that God later on we, and in, in other passages, not just in Ephesians chapter 1, we learn that we have to put our faith, we have to believe, we have to choose. We have to choose once we're chosen. And when we choose to accept that, then we experience eternal life, but we have to live in this tension of that and let God work that out, not our minds work that out. And so as Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 3, or chapter 1, I'm going to say that a lot. I'm going to get twisted and say chapter 3 when I mean verse 3. Paul writes this passage as bringing praise to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit 
because of the blessings that he has bestowed upon us. And he lists those blessings. And so this morning we're going to look at what those blessings are and why we should praise each part of the Trinity because of that. So to get started on this, I think we need to know what a good definition of the word blessing is. Because you might hear, you know, when someone sneezes, bless you. Or, or you're sitting down for dinner or, or for lunch after church today, who's going to say the blessing? Or I'm going to pray a blessing over you. God gives you blessings. So what are some definitions of blessings? So I looked it up, and these are the, the, the specific definitions from dictionary.com. Blessing means the act or words of a person who blesses, a special favor, mercy, or benefit, a favor or gift bestowed by God, thereby bringing happiness, the invoking of God's favor upon a person, praise, devotion, worship, especially grace said before a meal, or approval or good wishes. All those are happy, right? When you receive a blessing, it's a happiness. It's a happiness. And I, and I look at that one that says, um, a favor or gift bestowed by God, thereby bringing happiness. And I realize that sometimes we don't recognize that God's blessing us. Sometimes we get into our, our, our day-to-day lives and our struggles and, and our turmoil and we don't recognize that God is, is sitting there and he is chasing after us and he is pursuing us and he is relentless in his love for us. And that is the blessing that we need to find in that. We talked about in Life Connection Group in one of our Life Connection Groups this morning that um, when times get really tough, God is never going to leave and or forsake you. And that promise that he gives us in that is a blessing in itself. And so even though we might be going through a tough time and, and it says it ver- thereby brings happiness, it might not be immediate happiness, but when you really see the, the blessing that God has given you through the lens of receiving favor from God, it brings happiness. So when we talk about blessings that come from God, it brings or should bring praise in our lives. And I love this quote by Richard Coakin. It says, the epic explosion of praise for our blessings in Christ deepens our appreciation of God's almighty rule. And that's the thing we have to understand. Last week I talked about that you have to live in this tension and you have to realize that we cannot understand what God is doing. Nor should we try to understand what God is doing. Because God is God. And you're not. And I'm not. And so when we recognize that our blessings come from and are in Christ, it deepens our appreciation of God's almighty rule. Because only God can do what God does. Only God can save you for eternity. Only God can forgive you of every sin you ever have or ever will commit. Only God can love the world so much that he sends his son to die on the cross, to live a perfect, blameless life, to die on the cross so that you might receive eternal life. And when we recognize that, it deepens our appreciation for what he does. So let's go into Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, and let's see why we should bring praise to the Father. In verse 3 it says, 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Now, remember I said that just this passage, Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, mentions in Christ, in various forms of fashion, 11 times. In 11 verses, in Christ is mentioned 11 times. And that's when it says he's blessed us in the beloved. But first, we've got to look at the Father, and we have to realize, as we saw last week, that we need to worship and bring praise to God because the blessing he bestowed on us is that he chose us. He chose us before the foundation of the world. Verse 4 says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. The greatest being of all, the alpha, the omega, the creator of everything, chose you to come to him. So our blessing is that he chose us. In fact, Jerry Bridges says the gospel invitation is wide open to all. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans ten thirteen says that. It also says whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take of the free gift of the water of life. Revelation twenty two seventeen. So when you hear the message of the gospel, Jerry Bridges is saying that it is for everyone to hear it. But it's when we come, we discover that we were chosen in Christ before the creation of the world. Now, I can't reconcile the fact that God chose me, and did he choose me because he knew I would say yes? I can't reconcile that. But I know that I was chosen in Christ before the creation of the world, and it is in that, as Jerry Bridges says, that is grace. Because none of us deserve it. None of us. But the fact that God chose you before the creation of the world, and if we believe that God is is omniscient and omnipotent, he knows what we're going to do. And I can't fathom how he can do that and how he can be okay with that. But what I know is that I have experienced grace. In Jesus Christ. And for that, the fact that he chose me to receive that grace, I worship him. It continues in verse verse 5 with the fact that he adopted us. And we talked about what adoption means last week and how Paul wrote this in, in context of um, Julius Caesar adopting Octavian, who then became Augustus Caesar in the census um, at Jesus' birth and in Luke 2. And, and so the people of Ephesus would realize what Paul is meaning when he says that God has adopted you because he has adopted us into the family of God. And we talk about First Baptist Mason, we are a faith family. And the thing that makes us a faith family is very similar to when I was in my fraternity in college. And our motto um, in, in college, it was a Christian fraternity and it was a, a, a group of men united in the common bond of Jesus Christ. And when you become a member of our faith family, we, it's because we have the common bond of Jesus Christ. 
and that we have been adopted when we have felt that call on our lives and we have chosen to give our lives to Jesus, give our lives over to God our, to be our Lord and Savior, that we are adopted into the family of God. And we receive full benefits and full blessings in that. He's adopted us. And then the third thing that the Father has done is that he has accepted us. In verse 6, it says, or verse 5, He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to his purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which, which he has blessed us in the beloved. He accepts us into the family and gives us full rights and benefits. And it continues, as we'll see in a few minutes, it accepts us into the inheritance that comes with being a member of a family, that comes with being a member of the family of God. When we are accepted in God, we see, he sees us as he sees his son. He sees us just as he sees Jesus, blameless. Our sins are forgotten because Jesus took our sins to the cross. And as we dive into the next part, praise the son, we see this. God is mysterious. God rules over everything. But we know that God has a plan. And it is in that, in verse 7, that we begin to see why we should bring praise to the Son. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. As a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. It's verses 7 through 12. Do I need to switch it? Okay, we're going to do a little quick switch over. Give Justin a hand. He just said, this is embarrassing. And I said, I'm going to embarrass you really bad. So um, honestly, our tech team, what they do back there is awesome. And they make it possible that we can, we can not only, you can hear me without me having to yell at you um, and that you can see words and scripture on the screen that makes life a little bit easier. But for those that can't be with us, they, they do a great job of getting that out to them. Um, not just on today, but then through the week so that people can continue to, to be blessed by what God is doing here. Um, and uh, uh, so thank you guys. Um, so yeah, so, and unfortunately, sometimes we just have to do that because I didn't check my batteries this morning. It's my fault. So praise to the son. What has God, what has Jesus done for us that causes us to bring praise? Well, this is the gospel. This is where we see that Jesus brings to us redemption because in Jesus and remember I said that in this passage it says in Christ in various forms or fashions 11 different times and we see in this in Jesus in Christ in him 
we are redeemed. We are redeemed. We are made new. We are restored. We are redeemed. Verse 7 says this. In him we have redemption. How do we have redemption? Through his blood. If Jesus did not go to the cross, if Jesus did not take on the beatings and the torture and the brokenness, if he did not shed his blood for you and for me, we would not have redemption. But in him, this perfect lamb brings redemption through his blood. And every year at Easter, we celebrate that, but sometimes I think we forget that the day after Easter. And we go back about our lives, and then, you know, this year, Easter falls on April 17th, and because of some holiday I'd never heard of on April 15th, tax day is April 18th. And for many of us, the blood that Jesus shed for us to celebrate Easter becomes blood of the IRS on the 18th of April. And we forget what Jesus did for us. But it says in verse 7, in him we have redemption through our blood, through his blood. And so we can live in that every day, every moment, every breath we take. We have redemption through his blood. He redeems us, but he also forgives us because it continues in verse 7. It says, in him, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Not only are we redeemed, but we're forgiven. Remember, I said God, when he accepts you, he sees you as his son. Just as he sees Jesus, he sees you, which means you're forgiven. God doesn't see the sins. He sees his child. And I don't know about you, um, when you're growing up and you did something wrong, if you were like me, you probably had this fear that your parents were going to forever remember that and hold that against you. I don't remember 90% of the things that my kids have done wrong. And the things I do remember are probably because they're funny and not because I'm upset with them. God doesn't remember any of it because you are forgiven. In Jesus, you are forgiven. He forgives our trespasses. And the reason why he does that is according to the riches of his grace. Think about that terminology because we all want to be rich, right? If I didn't have to think about money, life would be a whole lot easier. The riches of his grace. I think about people who have a lot of money and, and professional athletes, like, like the money that professional athletes and celebrities and stuff make, like people on TikTok, the money they make, is obscene and I'm like what's it like to go to a restaurant and not be like how much are we spending today because they got what they they got that 
they could buy all of us dinner and it not even hurt their wallet. They probably have that much cash in their wallet. The riches that God gives in grace surpasses all of that. The fact that you continually and I continually and we continually screw up and God still gives us redemption and forgiveness, that is worth more than anything else in the world. His grace surpasses any material wealth that you could ever accomplish. And it's because of that is why you see so many people that have that material wealth but do not have Jesus are so miserable. And those that are the poorest of the poor but understand the poorest of the poor in the world's eyes, but they understand and they have experienced and they live in the redemption and forgiveness of Jesus Christ, that they are richer than anyone else because they live in that grace. John Piper says this, there's only one explanation for God's sacrifice for us. It is not us. It is the riches of his grace It is all free. It's not a response to our worth. It is the overflow of his infinite worth. In fact, that is what divine love is in the end. A passion to enthrall undeserving sinners, a great cost with what will make us supremely happy forever, namely his infinite beauty. To be able to live in God's grace, to understand that the sacrifice that God made of sending his son to die on the cross was not for us, it is for him. It shows his infinite worth overflows in our lives and grace abounds. So we worship the son because we're redeemed and we're forgiven, but we also worship the son because it is in him, in Jesus, that God's will is revealed. And how many of us would like to know the will of God and know what's going to happen? Well, guess what we do? God wins. Because when God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins, God won. Because when Jesus rose again, death was defeated. Verse 9 says, Making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. And that purpose is to bring restoration and redemption of his people and his world back to him for his glory. And when he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins, to raise again, as verse 10 says, this is a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ, God's will is set in motion. In Christ, God's plan is revealed. That he is going to, in his time, unite us with him. All things in heaven and things on earth. And it's not just a family reunion that lasts a weekend and then you go away and don't see each other for another 10 years. Every day, all day, for eternity. 
That is his plan. That is his will. And it was revealed to us through Jesus Christ. And it's because of that that in Jesus, not only do we gain an inheritance, we are an inheritance. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by that when I say we are an inheritance? Verse 11, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. We are an inheritance to God. We are his treasure. And he brings us to him to fulfill his glory. It's not for us, it's all for him. And so we are an inheritance to him. I love that. You ever struggle with self-worth? You might struggle with who you are or your identity. Guess what? You are in Christ, and because of that, you are worth everything. You are an inheritance to him. This is good stuff. I love this. Verse 13, now we look at what does the Spirit do? What blessings does the Spirit bring to us? Because I do think that we lose sight of the Spirit a lot of times. The church doesn't teach on the Spirit near enough. The church as a whole, my goal is for us to know the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works very well. But in verse 13, Paul says this, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. First thing that the Holy Spirit does is when you believe, when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you are sealed. The Holy Spirit seals us. You are secure. You're confirmed. You are there. You're in the family of God. And this is a promise that God gives us when he says he will never leave us nor forsake us. When you are sealed, it's secure. It's never going away. When you become a believer in Jesus Christ, when you place your hope and faith in him, when he calls you to him and you accept that call and believe in him, the Holy Spirit says, I got you and I'm not letting go. No matter how tough it gets, no matter how hard life goes, no matter what you do, I got you. And the Holy Spirit runs with that. And the Holy Spirit squeezes on you tight so that some of those bad things get out of you. So that that seal gets stronger and stronger. If you've ever made concrete, you mix it all up and you pour concrete when it's wet, it's not very strong, right? And if you use the, the ready mix or the quick set or whatever, after about 6, 12 hours, you can walk on it. It's okay. But you give that time to cure. You give that time to last. And you go, and it sits there. My house is, I have a, a detached garage, and it's like this. The brick that is on that detached garage 
has got to be the strongest material ever made. Because no matter what drill bit I try and use to hang stuff on it, I can't get through it. Why? Because it's old. It was made a long time ago. Concrete gets hard and harder. When you're sealed by the Holy Spirit, it doesn't take time for it to cure. You're sealed immediately. And you're secure in in that immediately. And it never weakens. Never has to get stronger because it is there. Nothing can break it. The Holy Spirit seals us. And then not only does the Holy Spirit seal us, but the Holy Spirit is our promise. And what is the promise that comes in the Holy Spirit? Well, I said that we are an inheritance to God. We gain an inheritance as well. And the Holy Spirit is, I I was reading a commentary and I love this and I'm going to steal it from the commentary. The Holy Spirit is our earnest money. If you've ever bought a house, you know what I mean, what earnest money is. It's your down payment. It's what you put down to say, I'm going to receive this soon. You know, closings take 30, 60, 90 days. I don't know how long they're going right now, but they can take some time. But when you put that money down, you're making a deposit to say, I'm going to purchase this. It's a down payment. The Holy Spirit is our down payment from God. He sends the Holy Spirit to guide our lives, to protect us, to show us, to lead us, to love us as a down payment for what eternity is going to be. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one, leading us from the darkness, from death, eternal destruction and damnation to redemption, restoration, forgiveness, and eternity in him. And it's that reason that we bring praise to God. I'll close with one last quote. Arthur W. Pink says this, God is no gainer even from our worship. He was in no need of that external glory of his grace which arises from his redeemed, for he is glorious enough in himself without that. What was it that moved him to predestinate his elect to the praise of the glory of his grace? Well, it's what Ephesians 1.5 tells us, according to the good pleasure of his will. We bring praise to God because of God's will. God has done amazing things and is continuing to do amazing things and will forever do amazing things. And the greatest thing that he's done is he sent his son to die on the cross for you and for me. So that when he died on the cross, he took my sins and your sins and every sin with him in death, defeated it in death because when he rose again, death was defeated which means all of that was defeated. And if we put our faith in him, if we believe in him, we will not perish but have eternal life. Now, for some of you that might have 
never heard that before. And those of you that have heard it before, those of you that have heard it before and accepted Christ, this is what's happened. When I said, when someone said that to you and you heard that message, you heard that gospel, your heart opened. God chose to open your heart to reveal you that to you. And then you chose to accept. Well, some of you have never heard that or you've heard that and have never felt that call on your life. Your heart's never been, you've just heard them say, oh, they're saying that again. No big deal. But there might be somebody here today that for the first time, God has revealed it. And for the first time, it has made sense to you. Oh, that's what that's all about. It's because God chose you. And he chose this time to reveal that to you. And now it's your opportunity to choose. And I can't understand all that. I don't profess to. But I know that's what scripture says. And so here in a moment, we're going to have a time. We're going to sing a song. And I'm going to give you an opportunity. If if you're feeling that, I'm going to be down front. You can come and you can talk to me and I will pray with you. And we will talk about what that means. And you can say, yes, Lord, I believe. And with my mouth, I confess that Jesus is Lord. And in that, you will be saved. And others, you're just sitting there going, nah, nah, nah. And, I, and I'm okay with that because I have to be. I'm going to pray for you. So I can't coerce you into it. Only God can bring you to him. And I pray that God will reveal that to you. Some of you might want to become a member of our church. You're like, hey, I love what we're doing here. I want to be a part of that. I want to make that my faith family. I want to make that my home. We'll have an opportunity to do that as well. But what we want to do is when we stand up and sing here in a moment, those of you that understand what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ and have accepted that, that God called you, he chose you, he called you to him, and you said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I am yours. We're going to worship. And we're going to bring praise to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Would you bow with me? Hey, Father, we thank you this morning for the great things that you have done. For the things that you as Father, you as Son, and you as Holy Spirit have done and continue to do. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the resurrection. We thank you for the redemption that comes in that, Lord. And we thank you for the promise of an eternal inheritance. And Lord, if there's a heart in here that is feeling that revelation for the first time I pray that you would give them the courage and the strength to accept that and that they would come to you humbled and saying yes Lord and Father if there's someone out here that you're calling and they're fighting it Lord I just pray that any obstacle will be broken down Father as we rise today and sing I pray that you would be glorified by our worship to you it's in your name we pray stand with us please I can only 